What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report. We're here to talk all things power. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to the season two finale of book four, Ghost, episode 10, Power, Powder, Respect. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... Carlos D. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well. We've done it. Another year in the books. Uh, I feel like we didn't do that many. I think we skipped a lot of episodes this year, so maybe it didn't seem as yeah, challenging we, as it normally is. We wish. definitely condensed those first, uh, that first half of the season for sure. Um, which you know, timing. It, life it is life. Yeah. We do what we want. Indeed, indeed. Um, as of you know, as of now, the the actors' strike has also concluded. So. Um, yeah, as I stated um, in the last episode, at the time, the writer's strike had ended, but the actor's strike was still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're being real, like I said, who knows when uh, we well For those of you who've been keeping up with uh, with Raising Canaan, I believe that's about to start back up probably by the time. Um, well, no, it, it starts in December, right? I think December the 1st or something yeah. like that. So that'll be back. But as far as um, everything else after that, ain't no telling. Because I don't know if they were one of the the studios that were uh, kind of granted, like, the permission to go ahead and, and um, continue. Because there were a few productions that weren't under these these union guilds so they were they were pretty much given the go ahead to keep going business as usual i don't know if power was one of them but um if they weren't and they were adhering to strike principles um it might be a year or so before we get a return of these uh the 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 shoot the two shows we cover um but it's it's time to talk about the finale uh how did you feel about this this finale like leading into it and um, I guess we can we can finish with our, our overall thoughts at the end. Yeah, I mean, like, like I, I've been struggling with this season all year. Um, I wouldn't even care if they took a whole year off and, and try to figure it out just to make it a little bit more tighter. Um, but we here. Um, did I love the season? I would say no. Was it okay? Decent? If, if, if this was cool, this would be a C season. You're just an average kind of person. You made it. You did enough to keep your um. Graze up so you can stay on the sports teams, but you ain't you ain't you ain't the valedictorian. Um, so that's what I think about it. I mean, it was okay. There were a couple of highlights, there were a couple of things I did like, but for the most part, they have too many stories and too many characters that I just do not have any care for. Um, and it's hard to watch a show where you just don't care about a lot of stuff that's happening. Um, the stuff that I do care about, I'm enjoying it, but it's it's more not liking than I do like. What do you what do you what do you think about it as a whole? Kind of the same. Like I said last week, uh, by the by the end of your penultimate episode, I wasn't excited for the finale, and um, I'm right there with you. It wasn't a bad episode, but it just it didn't knock me off my feet. And I, weirdly enough, um, no one really spoiled anything. Um, the the I don't go looking for much as far as social media is concerned. Uh, but just the usual blabbers, it was pretty silent. And um, you know how people are nowadays. If things are bad, they're going to say it's bad, even if it's not bad. But there just wasn't a lot of talk about 
this uh this particular season finale. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people just blah a blah about this show in general. As much as we all love Tommy um, from the original series, it, it has not at least to me it has not translated to this new series. I don't get excited about it. I'm not interested in it. Um, and maybe Tommy was really great in like small spurts when he wasn't the main focal point. But as the main focal point, he just doesn't do enough to move the needle for me. Um, and then if the main character doesn't move, move the needle, it's kind of hard for secondary characters to do. Right. Um, and I think that's just what we are. And I think that's why you probably don't see a lot of people. Um, and the granted power is not like at its peak when it was like that final year when it was ghost. I feel like, um, that last season, I feel like everybody was spoiling everything. Everybody was talking about everything. Everything was given right away. I feel like that has not transitioned to this spinoff, at least. Um, even with the Tariq one, I feel like you get a little bit more spoilers. But this one, I feel like people... And I'm not heavy on social media. Outside of, you know, doing a little Instagram uh, that I do just for, like, the show. Uh, meaning our show. Um, I don't, I'm not, like, crazy on social media. So it's kind of hard to spoil things for me. But I feel like it's just not a lot of buzz. Even in our own group me. Um, a lot of a lot of the with this show, a lot of people who don't know or who haven't been or are new to the show, a lot of the reason why we had this show is because we used to have a group meet that was very active when it came to recapping like um or talking about these shows. We used to wait till like Monday or Tuesday every week and just kinda of really get into it. And I think that's where even got you into watching power, because you didn't used yep. to watch power. No, yeah. Yeah, I would be killing my pocket while I was at work. I had to mute it because I felt like my phone was gonna explode with all the notifications. Now yeah. it's it's bone dry. We don't yeah. even talk about it. Tumbleweed, yeah. So I don't know if that's just a, a, us as a whole not watching the show, or it just hasn't been inspiring us to have like dialogue about it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really a reflection of the show. I think while they do do a lot of good stuff, well, um, for the most part, it's just not. It doesn't bring passion to me. But you know, we can kind of talk about. It. Let's get. I mean, we're still doing it. We still. I mean, I still yeah. enjoy recapping. Let's do the recap. Let's get into it, and, and we can kind of talk about. What worked or didn't work in this, excuse me, this particular individual season for now. Indeed, indeed. You ready? Yeah, let's get it. All right, so we start off immediately. Shit has hit the fan. Vic is the snitch. And uh, things are tense. And, you know, we get the, the, the pretty much inevitable banter of Diamond being Mr. I Told You So, which is fair, because Tommy would have been just as loud with the I Told You So's. And, um... They're especially with, get, you know, I mean, control, but especially with a big part of that was him blaming his brother. Yeah. Your brother is a snitch. I would have been, I told you so too. Yeah. Because uh, you blame it's my brother, it's my brother, it's my brother. Meanwhile, it's your right hand man that's about to take us all down. So right. I would have been on the same stuff if I was dying. Right. So they, they got to take care of this problem. And um, Miguel's kind of getting on to them uh, because of the moves that they've made. And um, Tommy really wants them to, to lock down Miguel's spot. Um, as the the distro of this this new coalition, um, and that it carries into the next big well, excuse me, next big uh, scene. Um, there's a quick scene in between where Maria gets tickets to Barcelona, uh, which is you know setting up the <laughs> the inevitable. Of course, uh, we, you know we've seen it in so many times. If if a police officer says I can't wait to retire at the end of the month, he's gonna die. If the love interest starts planning get vacation getaways, something's going to happen to him. You ain't making that flight. Um, you want to keep it moving? Uh, yeah, we can keep it moving. Go ahead and talk about that roof scene. Uh, I mean, yeah, so we, you know, Tommy goes to meet Vic, and I guess they're going to talk about what's coming up or what's the next plan. 
And then uh, I don't know where Diamond comes. And normally you don't really see Diamond <laughs> interacting with like Tommy. He I'm not Tommy. Like um as far as I know, like Diamond and Vic, they don't have a lot of scenes together. No. Um from my, what I recall. Like if, if if Tommy isn't around not Tommy. If Tommy's around, you don't really see Vic interacting with the rest of CBI other than a couple of little throwaway things with Gennard. Um so I thought right there, I was like, they planning something. But they was just too nice about it. Uh when they started having this dialogue with him and they're like, We want you to be at the meeting. Um, and I'm not sure. I don't know how he isn't immediately like these motherfuckers out to get me. Right. Um, and maybe he was in the back of his mind, but he didn't really act on it. Um, what, do, you, what, do you have any thoughts on the on the um the scene? Pretty much the same. You've seen it coming, but like I don't even know how this man Diamond big when he comes himself in a red hoodie just <laughs> zoomed in there like an anime character. My man was hidden. I I don't know where he was. I don't know how big didn't see him, but. Diamond, he he moves pretty well for pretty light on his feet for a guy his size, um, but that was you know pretty much just putting the putting the fear in the Vic that like something's coming. Uh, meanwhile, as far as sneaking around, uh, Tommy immediately uh, spooks Shanti. Um, you know, maintaining appearances, hiding in the shadows, like right. The spooky stuff they be doing in the show. Like, how, I always whenever I see stuff like this, I always wonder like because they don't show us on, on TV. But how long was he sitting in the dark waiting for the car? right? Like, right. how does he know her schedule so well that he's just waiting for her to open up the shop? How he know, like, somebody else wasn't going to open the shop that day? Uh, but, you know, it's always funny when I see a character randomly sitting in the dark. And I'm like, what was you doing the whole time? Yeah, it, right. Just twiddling his thumbs, just listening, hopefully, hoping the next footsteps he heard were her. Um, but he's pretty much just letting her in on, like, okay, we're about to start making moves, and I need you to stay on the outside. So let me know, you know, just, just report what you got. She, of course, pushes back because, again, realistically, her her neck is on the line because she's playing both sides. And, um, you know, she starts to pressure him for more info. Like, I don't think you actually have a plan. He's like, no, I got one. Um, and he he starts off screen setting things in motion that don't come into fruition until later. Um, do you got anything on that? No, no. I think it was more Ashanti. Uh, I like how she said, look, we are not partners. Uh, I mean, sorry, we're, I don't work for you. We're kind of partners. Um, and then the fact that, like, she's finally calling them on the stuff. It's like, I get it. You know, you're in charge. You're the big boogeyman. But you're not going to keep having me do all this random stuff where you're not giving me the full story. Because the le- the less I know about it, the more likely they I might miss up, slip up. And she's literally putting her life on the line. So, uh, you know, I'm all for, like, okay, power structures or whatever. But I'm also not taking a bunch of orders blindly. So I'm glad she kind of, like, at least made a note of that. Um, cause it made them all realistic. Yeah. So while, while, uh, Bonnie is getting the, the rundown of, uh, Tommy's master plan, um, Clyde is meeting with his brother and, um, Gennard as a follicular, follicularly challenged <laughs> brother. Um, I, I mean, it's in all sincerity. It's time to let it go, bro. <laughs> no, was time- that on purpose? Man, I, I, I don't know. I thought Tommy. I mean, Diamond just missed a bunch of spots because I'm like you, brother. My uh, the good Lord said I can't have hair for too much longer, uh, and I struggle with you know you you got it good. I mean, not good in the sense that like you look great with a bald head. Uh, you somehow always keep yours nicely, like manicured and stuff. You don't appear That's to have all- like bad hair rashes like I do. Um, but it was like he he was cutting his hair, but I feel like he left a lot on the sides. Yeah, yeah, like. I was lo- I was waiting for them to kind of scroll up top, and I was like, "Oh no, um, it, it's t- it, you know, 
It's, it's no jokes. We're both guys who understand what you're going through. It's time to embrace it, man. Like, it's time to embrace it. Because he, he's like, oh, you, you brought me back, brother. I was like, no, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's time I, to let I it go. I was just a shit barber, but I guess that was the point. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but also, you know, while we make fun of his head, they also had a little a really brotherly conversation, conversation about, yeah. uh, you know, just kind of supporting each other. Um, what the future looks like for CBI, and then also um, what they want to do about this. Um, they took out the step, the evil stepdad or the evil real dad last week, but they still have this other lingering issue of the guy who actually killed Leon, and what they want to do as far as the plan moving forward. Um, and I think this is where um, Jernard volunteers to say, "Hey, I want to try to resolve this. I want to try to step in." And uh, oh, actually, I'm not. I take later, it back. That was much later. Yeah, I'm um, getting them mixed I'll, up. But go no, ahead. You're good. You're good. But a big part, everything you said, but a big part of this conversation is um, it's it's been an ongoing thing since he's gotten back into the fold. But he, Gennard is, he's still kind of sowing the seed he planted earlier of how much can you really trust Tommy? Mm-hmm. And he just kind of tells him, like, you know, this dude's been making a lot of moves on your behalf and diamonds hearing him out, but also he's like, he, he's also made a lot of things happen. Um, he also kind of lets it slip, not necessarily slip, but he also kind of lets him in on the fact that like we set up the Serbs to make it look like they hit Miguel when it was really us. Mm -hmm. And we've been kind of stoking this fire between them, which, you know, that's that whole brother thing that he, he kind of, you know, he trusts his brother enough with this info. Um, not knowing that Gennard is once again trying to take his spot. Um, now, I'll go ahead and throw this theory out there. Um, I don't think Gennard is going to go through with it. I think it's going to come down to a point where he's, I don't think he's ever going to fully try to oust his brother, especially after everything they've been through recently. Um, and Shanti's going to make him choose. Right. Um, but we'll get to, you know, we'll we'll see. That's just my, my, um, my theory. Um, after this, we get a scene where, again, Vic is fed up with the feds. It's like, you keep moving the goalposts. Uh, they made me. Like, I'm pretty sure that he's on to me and that he made me. Um, I felt like, you know, they they kind of, he, he doesn't say it directly, but it's like, yo, I, I feel like this morning I could have been tossed off a roof. So I need to get to Witset. But, of course, the feds being the feds is like, no, we need one more thing and we'll have you in Witset. Within the hour. Um, so we need you to get these these pieces in place so we can catch them all. Slap cuffs on them. And then you're free. You're a free man. Famous last words. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got any any see any anything on that? And then go right into what Vic does immediately after. No, I, I, I think you, you you summed it pretty well. It's just more hardballing by especially a special Asian marks or USD, a USA marks. Um, and Vic being, like you said, honestly... Like, what is going on? Like, every day I'm putting my life on the line and you guys keep just kind of messing things up. Um, you won't give me a straight answer. You won't give me a, a, a clear out. But you still want me to keep doing more and more dangerous things. Um, and then as far as the next scenes, we get a kind of reunion with Claudia and Vic. At least from you know, the outside looking in. He invites her over to the mansion. Um, he basically lets her know, I'm out of here myself. This is not what I really wanted. Uh, he, 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 he's open and honest and just tells her like, you were really always better at this. Um, you really should be in my spot. And if it's not for our sex is that you probably would be, 
Um, so he offers her the kingdom, the house, I guess I'm assuming as far as, at least from our standpoint, the house includes also the business, meaning the Irish network, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know how that will go with Ireland itself. They don't get into all that. Uh, but in exchange, he does ask her for one thing. And that's for her to be open and honest about the fact that she knew he was in the line of fire when it came to those assassins. And she didn't do anything to try to prevent his death. Um, what she at first tries to still buck back out of and struggles with and stars on waterworks. Uh, but she also admits it. Uh, yes, I knew it. I knew you were, your life was at risk and I didn't need to do anything about it. Which, and from her point of view, he accepts. He says, that's all I needed. And he gives her everything she's always been hoping for, uh, at least since we've known her. Um, and, and, you know, so it was a good scene. I enjoyed the scene. Um, I think Vic has come a long way. And, you know, Vic and Claudia yeah. um, this season when it comes to like being a little bit more likable. Um, so I didn't, I didn't mind this. I, I liked how they were kind of like saying their goodbyes. Um, even though, you know, we know it doesn't end up being a happy ending really for either one of them. Um, but what did you think? Um, I thought this was a really great scene. I had to look up his name. Shane Harper did an amazing job acting in this scene. Um, Claudia as well. Um, and now in retrospect, I'm, I'm, a little mad at myself for not pulling her name up when I was doing my notes, but he did a really, really great job to the point where even she like gets concerned. Like, are you in trouble? Which technically, yeah, he is in trouble, but uh, you don't need to know that for his sake. Um, it's it was very well done, and he put her in the perfect position of comfort to, uh, and he also preyed on the fact that like, despite their differences. He knows she she still loves him as a sibling. Um, but, you know, as we saw, you know, he got, like he said, he got everything he needed. He got a recorded confession. Um, not only taking the, uh, the blame for trying to get him killed, but actually claiming the kill on their father. Granted, he pulled the trigger on on tape. She's the one that set everything in the motion. Mm-hmm. So from there... We go to the Egan residence where we get a pretty a pretty impactful scene um, that there the the family stuff. I know it's not your favorite, mm-hmm. um, but I, I will say this in advance. I think this episode in particular did a good job of when this whenever this does return, it does. It did a good job of this should be effectively sidelined um, in the upcoming whatever that next season comes out, because they they should not rush back to the family angle too soon whenever this show comes back um because it'll undo a lot of the tension that all the family scenes had in this episode um we get Kate uh well Tommy rediscovering that Kate's back and she blabs to him that uh Darnell is back to which he you know is understandably upset for reasons she doesn't know at the moment and they have their their usual back and forth and he explains to her why he was sent away to which she's like oh i i had no idea and the 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 hard part about this was that kate is doing her best in this advanced age of hers to try to be to to attempt to be a better person um 
and rightfully Tommy seeing, you know, her track record firsthand, he's resisting because it's like he's heard this before. But this time, at least for us, the viewer, she's she's actually trying to put the effort in. Um, and and unfortunately, she kind of inadvertently screws things up by by keeping this this info away and, you know, trying to be so in contact with him when realistically um dmac is is nuclear right now he's 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 radioactive he should he's too hot to be around well right. how did you feel about that scene i mean yeah I, I mean, i'll talk about this in about just the dmac thing confuses me because they call me something he killed this cop he killed this cop but they have showed nobody even looking for this cop's killer like at least with the the, the parole officer we had a scene where they was like where's the parole officer and they was like tan the barbershop up looking for him Nobody has mentioned this cop as far as any other character since they killed him. Um, so they keep on making this like this big deal, like he, there's a manhunt for the cops killer and D-Mac may be in the crosshairs. But I don't understand why, because they never make it a big deal to point out the cop is dead or missing. Other than the few times that they talk, it, uh, talk about it amongst themselves. Um, so it, to me, another reason why I'm not heavily invested in because they don't do enough to kind of even do that part of it. To make it seem like, oh, somebody's coming to the barbershop or coming around the neighborhood and talking about the dead cop or even a flyer on the wall or a news report on the news or something. Um, but we keep hearing about he's in such trouble or he's supposed to be hiding for the cop, but they don't ever give us any updates on the cop or if anybody's even looking for the cop's murderer or if anybody even knows he's gone. Um, so that, that, that's always weak in that storyline for me. Um, as far as the Kate and Tommy thing. I think, you know, we've seen these two over the years in their back and forth and their fights. I think they do really do a good job of a disgruntled kind of mom, uh, not mom, a disgruntled son. And then the mom who is always thinking she's doing well, but she's not really doing enough. Um, but I also kind of struggle to connect with these scenes as well, because like you, um, we both had good moms, uh, you know, and I don't want to speak for you, but, you know, I had a great mom. So it's harder for me to kind of connect with a mom like Kate because right. I didn't experience that. And I know Kate's exist in the real world, but because I didn't really go through it, it's harder for me to kind of connect to anybody being that dysfunctional when they have a child to take care of. Um, but the scene itself, quality scene, I think they both did a good job of um, not overacting, not going too far. Um, but I, well, we, you know, Kate and Tommy, had this history. We've seen this history play out over the course of three separate series now. Uh, so it's already nothing new. Yep. So we get a quick scene in Miguel's lair, which pretty much just amounts to Miguel wants Tommy dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, you got anything on that scene? No, no I was, like I said, it was really quick. It was just setting up the fact that Tommy's not off the hook, yeah. uh, regardless of what Shay says they have to do. Right. So from there, uh, D-Mac's a mess. Horrible. Um... He was the worst part of this episode for me. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, they they gave this man the the early power Tariq rub because holy crap, it's like you want to like this kid, but this this particular episode they did everything in their power to make you hate this kid. Um, and the, I mean the funny there there was a little he his his impersonation of his dad was like perfect. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me laugh. A comic but, relief, yeah. But yeah, it's just like. He, he's a mess, and the guy who I pictured when we were first in season one, I was like, I thought Marshall was going to be the mess, yeah. is actually being his voice of reason. Uh, well, for the most part, 
Um, he's like, dude, I don't understand. Like, why do you want back in CBI so bad? Um, and it's like, it's not the same, even though it, but, and that's his inexperience. That's, that's, that's the, the testosterone driven youth of Marshall that like, realistically, yeah, it's not exciting. You ain't banging on people, but like fiscally this, this coalition thing is a, is genius. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, Darnell is the extreme version of late late book one Tariq. He wants to be in the gang. So, well, he wants back on the streets. Um, you know, we've, he, he kind of grew up in that culture, but, like, he wants back in it no yeah. matter what. And, and go ahead. So I, I don't mean, control, but I, but I also feel like this is a betrayal to the character because, like, now he's, like, ultra-violent. Yeah. And in the first season, wasn't he like afraid to even shoot up his his dad's uh, shop or even really do anything to his dad? And now he's like, they made him like out of control, crazy. Um, and like he's gun obsessed. He has this idea that uh, even though it doesn't make any sense because, oh, you know, his father, not his father, his uncle was literally one of the heads of CBI um, and has told him like, Right now, you need to chill out, but it wasn't like Tommy banned him from being the CBI. Even though he didn't let him go back and run on the corners, he let him do like the Instagram money thing. So Tommy is not averse to him like being involved in street stuff. If only he could learn and chill out and do it. And then as right. smart as he is, why would he think this cockamamie plan? Marshall basically told him, like, we have a coalition. Like, this does not make sense. This is not what you should do. And why does he think Diamond will be like happy he did any of the thing that he said he's planning to do, which is basically right. get revenge on his diamonds we have. But I guess that's just like goofiness of children um, yeah. and not being a fully developed mind. It's like he's what, 15, 14 years old. And it just shows you how stupid people are um, when they haven't lived anything, but they think they know everything. Right. And I think part of the issue is for his for his gangster ego. Getting shot and surviving was the worst thing to happen to him because, well, and it, but to his ego was the best thing because it's like, oh, he, you know, I, I took a bullet and I'm back when realistically he was going through a lot like in his personal life with his family. And then he gets shot and he never processed that aspect of it. He he's for whatever reason in a rush to get back to it. Um, and then the other dumb thing is just like, I don't understand Marshall's idea of you just you just tried to talk your buddy out of staying out of this gang life and you just put a you put a gun on the thing like this will make you feel better it's like yeah um and i don't know if this is their their i guess their uh their portrait of today's kids hyper fixation with violence yeah and guns um if that's what it was and i'm giving them the credit for it i mean yeah, you could write a think piece for days on that. Um, but yeah, just like you said, it doesn't make any sense for him to, you know, uh, yet again, try to act alone, thinking that he's helping someone. The last time that happened, you you killed. Well, obviously, he's going out to kill someone, which that's that's a whole nother can of worms. Like, yeah, we might have a little psychopath on our hands who might be beyond saving. Um, so from there, we go to. Claudia's new crib. And uh, the only thing I really got from this was Claudia took a little victory lap in, in Dye's office. Um, I won't mad at it. I mean, 
that scene could have been a little shorter because I don't really care about these two mm. um, as a couple. But shout out to her for for doing the thing that a lot of people did. I didn't do it, but I, you know, some people they get bold and they they have sex in their parents' office or their or their bedroom or something like that. Uh, bold and disrespectful. But mm. uh, Daz Daz dead, and I'm pretty sure if Walter had the opportunity, he would for sure have sex in Claudia's apartment. Um, how did, did you feel anything about that scene? Nah, I, I mean, no, I'm not trying to be too derogatory. I literally just got this in my notes as white bitches doing stuff. I have forgot they even was having sex. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they I were forgot doing about stuff. that. Yeah, when we have a, when we, we, we gonna do, um, some podcasts separately. I got a bunch of questions I want to ask you just like about random. And one of them is about lesbian sex. Okay. We're gonna say that for when we do like a dedicated podcast to right. these weird ideas I be having when I'm sitting on my couch alone. Okay. <laughs> We but yeah, I don't. I don't have fine. a lot to say about them. I mean, hey, fair enough. She she it she happened. she cleared the tables. Yeah, uh, she cleared his spirit from. Uh, and the first time I didn't know what she was talking about, when she was like, "Wait, I want to do it over here." I, I forgot that was her dad's office. Yeah, I, I didn't even put two and two together. That's how little I care about them too, especially that other girl. Uh, I don't even know her name. Elise. Yeah. Yeah. She's just but, silly. yeah. I was like, okay, you know, good for her for. Uh, achieving boss status by uh, getting serviced in the boss chair. Um, we get some some morning after cuddles mm-hmm. between Maria and Tommy, um, which this was this was actually in in a, a needed scene where they're talking about this possible trip, and he was he's down for it, but he also lets it be known that like, hey, you know, just I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to try to be anything other than what I am. And mm-hmm. what I am is a guy that, that runs the streets. Yeah. Um, which she, she, she gets, um, uh, because he, he respects her for who she is, which to this, I mean, she, she keeps saying it. I don't, she keeps saying that he sees me for who I am, but we haven't seen her be anything other than herself. I haven't, you know, I don't feel like we've seen her mute herself or anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, the only few scenes that she had with uh, the the surgeon, like, was from afar and not enough. So it it's it's one of those things where, like, if we're met, if we meet her and she's kind of carrying herself a certain way, and then Tommy brings a different side of this character out, I could see that, but. I mean, she doesn't, she hasn't really done much that different from who she, you know, she's been pretty much the same character. She's just in love now. Mm-hmm. Um, and why don't you talk about how you feel about it? And uh, <laughs> she meets Kate. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, first, I think this, this woman needs some therapy uh, more than anything. Um, she's, she's very bizarre. Uh, and it didn't, I don't, I don't understand, like, I don't understand her. She hates her brother and all the things that he, encom- like, entails and everything associated with that and it bothers her bothers her bothers her but then she chooses she can have a doctor you know to me i feel like she would pick somebody who's the total opposite of her brother somebody that's not involved in anything street related uh so it's like she she must and, and also her past dating history where she dated no one everyone she must have some thankful bad boys and it's probably triggered from her father dying or whatever it was that the grandma story was telling um but something's wrong with that woman she needs to go to therapy um, but we get the, the uh, uh, for one, what happened to the security system? Uh, how did Kate get to the front door? How does she get that close without him knowing anything going on? But that's also TV logic. Uh, but we get Kate and, and Tommy, no, Kate and, and uh, what's her name, Miera? Maria. Maria. See, I got to get it together. 
We get Kate Morea finally <laughs> having their meeting and of course it's just as wacky as anything involving Kate is. Um, she's openly hostile and rude to the woman. Um, and I'll say Maria gave it back to her just as, as well. Um, she brings up past girlfriends. She brings up Lakeisha. Uh, she brings up how Tommy uh, should never have any other woman in his life other than her, which I always think is very sick when mothers try to turn their um, sons into the, their partners. Uh, instead of just being a mother and being happy that just, you know, mothers out there, it's not your job to always be number one in your son's life. At some point, you should get your son to the point where he goes out into the world and chooses a partner of his own. And then that partner should become the number one person in their life. Kate does not seem to have grasped that. Cause I think, I can't remember if Maria was still there or not, but she says, she says something along the lines of, don't you know, Tommy, I'm the only woman, um, that can that will not leave you or stand by you or whatever it may be. Uh, so this was kind of all over the place. Um, but they get a couple of you know s- s- sneak disses on each other, um, and then ultimately just the defunction of Tommy and Kate. Here she is trying to once again, I guess, to the best that she can, make her amends and clear the air. And all he offers his drug addict mother is drugs. And I get it. It's just, but. It shows how crazy Tommy is, and it also devalues the fact that he loves Maria. He doesn't. He, it's impossible for a person that would do that to love anybody. He's a full-on sociopath. Um, so I can't really care about him trying to get revenge for any of the people he has because it's not out of the sense of real love. It's just out of this this warped sense of uh, ownership and protection of people who he claims is attached to. Um, I know I said a lot of rambling and stuff, but that that's the saying just had a lot of weirdness to it to me. What do you think of yeah. it? Pretty much the same. Um, I thought it was, you know, again, uh, Tommy having experienced Kate's track record has no faith in her. Um, and it, it, again, it, it sucks for Kate in this instance because she's, you know, she's, she's clearly damaged. Um, and she, but she's trying. So I, you know, I commend her for that. And this the fact that, one, he doesn't have faith in her. But like you said, like, not just drugs, pure cocaine. Why do you have that in the baggie on your little thing? Are you still you still getting, you know? He must be still sniffing her kids. Yeah, because it was like in a little hiding spot. And it was a little just like a little just right size bag. Right. He called so, it a tester. Yeah. I don't know why he would have testers, though. Like, Right. So the mess is on the move. And DMAC kills... Mad Dog in broad daylight and take the picture. Um, I just shook my head in, in more disappointment. All right. Um, some serial any- killer. He's yeah. a serial killer now. Yeah. You got anything on that? I, that's all I had. Nah, I, like, I wrote literally D Mac is a serial killer and they, I just think they turned himself a hyper violent person. I don't think in the beginning he, I mean, beginning, he, I, 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 from the season one, I don't see him as that. And somehow season two, yeah. maybe it was the shooting. Like you said, maybe he was not dealing with the trauma of the shooting and all that type of stuff. Um, but he just went from, you know, he did kill that cop, but he, I felt like he killed the cop because he really thought it was out of necessity. So now he just got like a violent streak in him. And it, it gets even crazier Oh yeah. in the scene that we talk about uh, when, we'll when he has his confrontation with his family. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, so we get a real quick scene where Claudia is ready to meet. Um, team Girl Power has their money, and they meet with Mirkovich. Like, let's set up the meet with the cartel, 
And uh, Mirkovich was like, well, I'm not going to be outnumbered. Um, so just me and you. To which Elise is like, I'm fine with being a silent partner, which is smart. That's the smartest thing she said. Um, this is this is exactly where you need to be out of it, out of sight. Right. And it doesn't. But it also doesn't help that. Um, <laughs> Claudia gave up their full their full governments. Uh, but Shanti's got a little pushback. She's like, nah, like I'm a partner and I need to, you know, I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And Claudia tells her to stand down to which it's like, I thought she about to shoot her. Oh, uh, like not take that stand down. Who I, you thought talking she, to? I thought she was going to resist a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think Shanti remembered her, her secret, her, her mission. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it worked out for her for is definitely worked out for her in the long run, which we'll get to later. Uh, so, my next note is D-Max a fuck up because he goes to Diamond and Diamond's immediately like, what are you doing here? Does Tommy know? Why doesn't Tommy know? Proceeded by what the hell have you done? Um, and gang culture, D-Mac is, I mean, via what we've heard from TV, movies, uh, pseudo internet gangsters, uh, music. DMAC did what was the right thing in the culture. But the thing is, he's not actually, one, he's not in CBI, and two, his actions, the consequences are way more uh, detrimental than they would have been before this coalition. This would have been business as usual had it not been for this coalition and diamond is stressed. So how did you, uh, how did you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, he's stressed as he should be. Um, they worked for have a long building these trust and building these coalitions and building all this thing where they could finally, uh, be the head of what's going on to have some child undermine them, a child that shouldn't even be involved in it. So I would be frustrated too. Um, D Mac once again is an F up. Uh, if D-Mac wasn't Tommy's son, Diamond probably would have shot him right there. I'm not son, uh, whatever he is to him, nephew. Um, so I, I, I can see where the frustration is coming from, and, and it's righteous because D-Mac is about to topple everything they built up just because he's stupid, simple, and reckless. Insane. Mm-hmm. So we get a real quick scene of uh, we would only assume that the meat went well because... <laughs> On Claudia's victory tour, actually, no, it hadn't. It hadn't even it hadn't happened, happened yet. yet. Yeah, it hadn't even happened yet. I, she just wanted to gloat. <laughs> she went to flex on Tommy. I was like, "Hey, I'm protected. I got, I got muscle now." And shout out to to Shanti and Dami and Diamond playing along. Um, but yeah, we get Tommy. You know, being Mister Unbothered. You know, you got to be lucky every day of your life. I only got to be lucky once. Mm-hmm. Um. Little quick effective scene to show that that Claudia is she's at a point now where she's letting her guard down because she feels like her back is being watched. Right. Um, obviously not knowing she's got a sleeper agent. You got a, anything on that? Nah, I just thought it was fun. That like she didn't even seal the deal yet and she already was pressed to go talk about it. Um but it was kinda funny, just in the, the sense that she was gloating about something she hadn't even accomplished. Why don't you talk about the uh the brother Samson talking about this new issue with DMAC. Right. So they are, this is the scene I was getting mixed up earlier. Uh, but this is the scene where basically they're talking about their options, what they can do. 
And uh, Jannard kind of steps into a leadership role. He's like, uh, give me a chance to try to resolve this. I can go talk. I know because uh, Damo said he couldn't go talk to King Kilo because he's a felon. He can't go to jail to visit other felons. Uh, but Jannard was wanting to step into the spot um, and basically come up with a plan. We're like, look, we want to keep the peace. Uh, once we, I, I can't remember if he told him. I think I, I can't. Remember, I know he told Kilo that you know if you want, uh, once you get out of jail, we'll give you. Uh, D-Mac, but I can't remember if he told yeah. Diamond the same thing. Um, no, he kind of told him that we'll, we'll sort of um, we'll offer him up, you know, and just pretty much cut ties. Like we were, he was not, he was not affiliated with us. We didn't have nothing to do with this. We don't want problems with you, and we'll give them to you. Right. Um, and then he pretty much gets his car clowned. <laughs> oh yeah, that was funny. That was a nice that little comedy relief. He just looked at the joint. He, that was the letter. <laughs> Is you? <laughs> <laughs> little classic automobile, right? Um, but yeah, that, that one was funny. He's been dropping that. I mean, he, he he keeping it humble because ever since he lost his Lamborghini to the drugs, yeah, or to the Serbs, oh, yeah, he the has Serbs, been keeping yeah. it really, really chill. And he's been riding his little bucket. He's been trying to do his best to get back in the CBI, even though he playing a little counter spy. Uh, but Nod has really cleaned up his act because uh, he was down bad in the early yeah. parts of this season. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um. But yeah, I did enjoy that scene that like Jannard, like you said, he stepped up because, you know, the leadership role isn't extremely new to him. He, he obviously kept it together while Diamond was inside for 15 um, years. Yeah, it was just the, the clashing with Diamond. That was his downfall. Um, but yeah, it was it was a smart move and it, it was a smart play. But also, this is just like, if nothing else, D-Mac is he could be he could be this show's cautionary tale for people who for kids to want to live in the life because D-Mac did all this to try to get back into CBI he did it and now CBI is ready to offer him up mm-hmm. like we'll, we you took a life so we're we're willing to trade your life we don't little does he know that they're not even claiming him they're disavowing him and they're serving him up as sacrifice to right. to, to keep the peace and it's just like he has no idea but at the same time, it's like, yeah, um, gang culture is one thing, but like business structured gang culture is a whole nother, a whole nother set of rules. Um, you're a liability and you have to go. Um, so we get a real quick scene where Tommy uh, invites Vic over to give him the details to the meet. I'm, I'm assuming at this point, Tommy just assumes that his place is bugged. Yeah. Um. That's why he just. And if not, he knows that Vic is gonna go tell them anyway. Yeah. It's uh, one of those two things because he just talks right. openly honest about everything. Right. So this 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 falls right into their lap and marks dog with a bone, ready to spring into action. But luckily, Detective. I don't even know what his name is. A detective hubby or boyfriend. He's like, yo, this is this is too easy. Like, we need yeah, more intel. Fishy. Yeah. And Marks being Marks, nope. Let's get it. I'm ready. We need to go now. You got anything on those? And uh, no, start being her usual self. Go ahead and talk about Darnell's uh, his his bag packing at 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 home. Yeah, I mean this hard scene. this scene was over the top for me. It lost me kind of. Um, so we are back at the Egan home or whatever JP's last name is. I don't even know. And then JP have a father. What happened to his father? 
I feel like uh, in season one he had a father, right? He oh did. He just don't. He don't live with him. But yeah, he definitely never seen him again. Yeah, he met Tommy, and then he just and he yeah. must have went home. Yeah. Um, but we get this, uh, you know, emotional blow up scene where um, D Mac comes back to the house. Now everybody's in on the secret that he is a um, killed the cop. Everybody knows now. He's coming. He's paranoid. He's looking out the window. He's uh, I, I guess he was there to kind of get some stuff, but he wasn't really kind of actively doing that in the beginning. Um, and then his dad is like trying to talk to him, get him to relax, get him to calm down, let, get him to know that like he's still in danger um, and he needs to come back home so they can kind of protect him. And then he just goes out of control and spazzes out on everybody, starts yelling, I'm a killer. I just caught a new body today. Right. I'm a gangster. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was just so over the top that I was like, it was it was getting started kind of like they I know what they were trying to get out of it. They were trying to make it really emotionally charged and, and really like uh you know powerful. But he just started going too crazy with what he was saying that I just was like lost in the moment of it. Uh what was your thoughts of it? Same. I was like, this is wild. Um like I feel like he he kind of came home and threw a, a tantrum and you know I was I was shocked that they they even dropped an F bomb. Um, which, you know, I'm kind of proud of how far we've come. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, uh, I thought you were talking about the F word, the other F word. It, right. Like, I, I'm like, I'm surprised how I'm happy with how far we've come that like, we've gotten to a point where like, we, we recognize that that word is, is so harmful that like, I audibly gasped as someone who, you know, grew up in the nineties and heard that word on every playground or every bus. But like, I think we did a. I think we've done such a good job of like, yo, like that's that word is not acceptable. Period. That when they dropped it in this episode, one, I audibly was like froze, and two, amazing acting on the actor that plays JP's part for you know conveying everything uh, visually. But yeah, in the in the grand scheme of things, I was like, yeah, he's spazzing out. He's losing it. This is this is almost like an after school PSA of like, you know, what not to be as a kid, you know, coming into your own and thinking that running with gangs and stuff is cool. Because like I said, he's doing all this gangster talk, but he has no idea that he's pretty much walking around as as tribute, as a sacrificial lamb. Um, But, yeah, it was wild. And unfortunately, it the the dramaticness of it leaves Kate uh looking to give in. Yeah, she had to get high again. Yeah. She's very fragile. Yep. Um uh, because she never <clears throat> she never really fully reclaimed the progress she lost from her last uh bender. And, mm-hmm. and that was I think just alcohol. Um so the feds are prepping Vic and he's like again, he's like, look Again, you're moving the goalposts on me. Um, I gave you the details. I'm supposed to be in WITSEC. When are they coming to get me? And she's like, nah, we need you there. And as soon as we get the handcuffs on him, we'll get you up out of there. Um, so he has his his quick chat with Gloria because he feels that like this, once this is done, I, I can't come back to Chicago anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, another well-acted uh, scene by uh, Mr. Harper. And um, I think it's... It was, hmm. 
I had it and I lost my thought. But I think it was also partially just like him, him prepare him, him kind of his victory lap, at least so he thought. He, um, you know, I did everything I set out to do. Uh, my father's gone. His empire's about to crumble even more. Um, and my sister's about to go down. Mm. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm about to be out. But no one ever truly gets out. Any, any thoughts on those quick scenes? No, no, no. I think it was just kind of like nice transition scenes to kind of set up uh, for the final, you know, reveals at the end. So we get the, the visitation. Okay, so this is the second time we've seen King Kilo. Did you know who he was the first time? No, I know. I, I recognize him this time. I mean, that's Glenn Davis. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's been in the NBA. Yeah. But the first time I didn't pay any attention to him. But when I saw him, uh, I was like, oh, shit, that's Glenn Davis. And I couldn't remember yeah, if he had I talked about it the first thing. time he showed up. Nah, uh-uh. Because um, it's like, it's kind of dark, and he's just kind of, he doesn't have a lot of screen time. He's like talking through the phone. Um, but yeah, I was like, I know this guy. So like, I went, I paused it, and I looked at him. I was like, yep, Glenn Davis. Shot good, good for him. Good for him. Getting some, you know, getting these checks and these guest spots. Um, but essentially, it's <laughs> we get him pulling the, uh, the kingpin move and about to crush Gennard's hand, uh, which was well acted on Gennard's part for making that kind of funny. And him playing up the fact that, yeah, uh, Kilo's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kilo, uh, also, shout out to Glenn Davis. It's like, it's not the, he's not, you know, Vincent D'Onofrio or nothing like that, but he did a great job of being menacing. And just kind of getting the, the point across that, like, I'm going to get out real soon. And when I do, I'm coming to see y'all. Right. Um, and again, great job to Gennard on being diplomatic and laying all his car- all their cards on the table. They're like, hey, we had nothing to do with this. That dude was affiliated, but he was he got kicked out. He got dropped from the label uh, way before this coalition started for obvious reasons. And we don't want to mess up a good thing. So you tell your guys to stand down for now. When you get out, we'll bring him to you personally. Mm-hmm. And he obliges. Um, so great job on um, Diplomat to- uh, not t- Tommy, Diplomat Gennard. Did you have any uh, feelings on that episode, this part? No, no, no. I think you, you pretty much summed it up uh, pretty well. It was pretty straightforward. But, you know, it will be interesting how they play out this DMAC thing once he does get out. You know, it's pretty, you know, that's what the, this really did, just set up. More for season three um, when we get to that, whenever that may be. Right. So we get a real quick scene where Tommy's on his way to the meet. Ambush. Back when S.H.I.E.L.D. gets shot out, catches some glass shards to the face. He does a good job of playing dead. And um, another another broad daylight shooting. Right. Um, Chicago's wild. I've heard, we've heard stories about how Chicago's wild, but like, but I, I, I think they're leaning into it more with, with this series. This, this, this scene is utterly ridiculous in the fact that uh, the FBI are planning to arrest Tommy that afternoon. Mm-hmm. They would have surveillance on his place. He wouldn't be able to shoot a guy in broad daylight right next in his own parking lot, basically his driveway, and nobody be around to see it. It just makes me so mad when they do stuff like that. They turn what could have been a cool scene because I like uh, when he faked dead and he faked him out and all that. All of that was cool. Um, but the fact that Tommy was able to kill a guy in broad daylight when he's about to be arrested by the FBI that evening is so unrealistic. Um, a lot of what happens in the, the raid and all that becomes so unrealistic because even if you know that they have a meet set at four o'clock, 
if you're the FBI, you're going to have somebody watching the person that you're going to arrest. You're not just going to wait until four o'clock on the all chance that he's going to fully fulfill his promise to have this meeting. Uh, so it just made me mad because somebody would have been watching Tommy. He wouldn't be able to kill a guy in broad daylight. And then he still had time to get rid of that body. Where is that body? It's always something. <laughs> fair points. All fair points. Um, uh, I think my favorite part was just to like, you know, where he plays with him. He's like, go ahead. Tell him. Go tell him I'm coming for him. And as soon as he turned around, I was like, he's going to shoot this. Of guy. course. And sure enough, because you got to get the, the snark, the Tommy snark. Always give me some uh, comic relief. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about the raid. I am. So the raid is on. Um, the the cop who thought it was fishy that they're all of a sudden having a meeting on the north side when they constantly do all their business on the south side was right. Uh, so instead of the task force getting Tommy and whatever he, Vic was promising them, they get the deal of Claudia meeting with the Serbs and also uh, that third, the secondary cartel. I don't remember the name of it. The Marquez. The Marquez cartel. Um, and then just all kind of hell breakers. Everybody's shooting and running. And of course, they get a, a black cop because it killed. The second black cop they didn't kill. Yep. For no reason, just killing all the black cops. Um, but it was just like a lot of just craziness. So everybody just started shooting and blowing people up and falling and running. And um, the raid is partially successful in the fact that they did get a, a, a cartel, a major cartel doing business on American soil. They get the Serbs. They get Claudia Flynn, um, but they don't get the intended target, which is Tommy Egan. Okay, so wait. I'm going to let you keep going. Go we got to talk about how when all the bullets are flying and black guy goes down, and just in the background, you just see Claudia's kind of scooting with the heels <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I was weak because it's dead quiet because he's like, oh, my boy's dead. And then you just hear the heels click, 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 click. And she's just really trying to like church finger her way up out of there. Like, I hope they don't see me. I was weak. But yeah, go ahead and talk about uh, Marks losing her shit. Yeah, Marks just can't take the win. And her man is trying to tell her, look, okay, we didn't get the intended target we got a lot why can't you just be proud of this why can't you just be happy or the fact that you also ignoring the fact that we lost another one of our people today and you don't seem to be bothered by it at all because all your obsession is tommy egan and we've seen this across every um every power that we've been involved there's always somebody in the justice department that is obsessed with either ghost or um, Tyreek or now Tommy that they end up just making mistake after mistake because they just can't let it go. And this was Marx is falling right into that category of all the other ones we've seen before him. Uh, sorry, before her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you said, tunnel vision, obsession. Um, and it's not enough. It's never going to be enough until she's standing on the top of whatever throne she sees for herself um but i'm pretty sure uh that law relationship is over yeah um so we get a real quick scene where uh in the midst of all this vic realizes he's busted game over um even though it's it's not really it's he knows that that the meat has changed mm -hmm. at least to him um so while this is going on cbi makes their pitch to Che and he's just like, yo, what in the world is going on? So they give him the front row seat and 
he gets to watch all of his his problems get loaded up in the back of a of a paddy wagon. And um, like I said, Tommy and and Jannar and excuse me and Diamond make their their pitch. Like we want to take over um, your you know we want to take over as your your new connects your your new distributors because we did what Miguel has been trying to do for God knows how long. I only been here for about five months. And as you can see, business is booming. We got a coalition together. What's up? Che being Che, you know, he still has a bit of loyalty to Miguel. And he's like, you can't take Miguel's spot, but I will let you take the Serb spot. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make, we're going to make business, you know, we're going to make business pop and y'all going to be nice to each other. That, that we'll talk about that particular scene later. But, um, the other thing that I got from this is Tommy slighted Gennard for the last time. Mm. This was the one too many. He kind of treated him like a bartender. Um, and you can see it in Gennard's face. Like, yeah, it's a wrap. He, his, he practically already hit send on those pictures. Right. Um, how did you feel about the pitch and, uh, Gennard's, uh, <laughs> his, his, his clearly internally made decision. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you summed up the, the, the deal pretty clear. Uh, Tommy and them are still pushing to be the number one. Uh, but Shay, out of Lord's Hill, maybe even, um, you know, being a gente, you know, just kind of like, uh, you know, that, you know, Latino thing is, is, is not what to replace Miguel totally. Um, and then as far as like, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the final straw. Uh, Tommy out of nowhere is, Ordering Miguel, not Miguel, uh, Jernard to make drinks like he's their butler as opposed to a high ranking person in their organization. Um, he's still trying to treat him bad, uh, embarrass him and show that he's dominant to him. And, um, I think you like, like you said, I think Jernard may have finally had enough. It's the end of it. That's it. And we get a real quick scene of that meeting where Shay tells him, like, like, you know, there's tons of money to be made. I need you two to be on the same page. Um, and Tommy, being Tommy, he got he got to rub it in, uh, but also letting them know that like, yeah, your boy missed, mm-hmm. and um, you ain't gonna, you know, that was the last the orders you gave them were the last time you were gonna see him. Yep, giant uh, drug dealing broad daylight too. I love how they just get together and meet to talk drug business in the middle of the street. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Speaking of it is what it is. Why don't you talk about uh, Orange Jumpsuit Claudia? Yeah, so Claudia is in jail and she's, uh, I guess, trying to rally the troops. And she puts her call into Shanti, mm-hmm. um, which we know is not smarter Claudia's parts because Shanti, Shanti lets the cat out of the bag. She's there with Tommy. And this has all been an elaborate plan to take Claudia off the board. Um, but it doesn't end there. Uh, it's not enough that they, she's locked up and embarrassed and feeling bad and her hair looks horrible. Uh, but she also uh, gets a Lobos and gets a knife in the back in jail. Um, they don't then they don't say if she's dead. We don't know. Right. I had the same note. We don't know. We don't know if she's dead because they don't show her. She's presumed dead because it looks like nobody was coming to help her. She looked like she was stabbed pretty bad. Um, but we got to see what's, what's the future for Claudia Flynn. She went from outcast to her family to top of the world to inmate and stabbed in a matter of a week. Um, but we don't know what her future holds. We don't. We don't. 
So the the end of that phone call is Shanti kind of just like paying respects, like, yo, like you a mastermind. Um, so like, what's the deal? When do I get back in? And he says, not quite yet. There's one more piece. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what that one more piece is. So I'm guessing we will see it maybe next season. Oh, you mean Shanti uh, and um, Tommy's? Yeah. For her yeah, to still be on the outside. Maybe um, they go try to work some type of deal. Because um, the Serbs are dead. Claudia is uh, presumed dead. Uh, maybe something to do with the other cartel, or I don't know. We got to wait and see, maybe. I guess. Yeah. You know what? That's actually a really good angle. Um, she could be like, hey, I didn't get pinched. Um, maybe maybe I can, and they could sell twice the product. Uh, but, you know, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. So, Kate's in a bad way, literally. Uh, she took, she took the, the super drugs, and she's having a really, really bad reaction. Um, this should be a cut-and-dry scene, but I actually... I appreciate kind of how this was done because Tommy, he doesn't, he, he freezes and we've never seen, we've never seen Kate have a bad reaction for one. I'm sure she's had them and Tommy's probably grown up seeing them, which is probably why he froze. But the acting choice to cry in that moment was really interesting. And that's what made it like, Oh wow. Like, is he breaking? Like, is he, is he, actively making the choice to try to let her go or is he really like scared that like damn maybe my mom might actually die um and we, we might as well go straight to the hospital we'll, we'll cover the in-between stuff um he goes to check on her <clears throat> excuse me he goes to check on her and jp's there and jp's over it jp's over it he's he's lost his son he almost lost his mother, who he's on decent terms with, and his brother doesn't seem to care. Um, so he gives up the, the keys to the bar. He's just like, leave us alone. And at this point, I was like, okay, if I'm Chris, I'm probably ecstatic about this. <laughs> You're right. Well, we know that's going to be the end of it. Right, because if they do this right, you push them to the side. Um, until like maybe the second half, late second half of the season where Tommy has something happen to him where he, he's reaching out, he's thinking about family and that right. causes him to reach out, but we don't need to check in with them every episode from here for a while. Um, so how did, did you, how did you feel about those, those scenes mainly pretty much for this season, putting a, a cap on the, the, the Egan house? Yeah. I mean, I'm not shocked. Uh, <coughs> I know JP was like just embracing Tommy and also Kate because he felt abandoned by her and maybe he just wanted to be for them, feel them connected to family. But also we got to remember, these are people who, as far as far as Tommy, he's known Tommy for about what? Not even a year. Um, and before that, never knew nothing about him. And since he's met Tommy, Tommy has done, I'm not going to say Tommy hasn't done anything good for him, but Tommy has brought a lot of pain and discomfort uh, and negativity in his life. Um, and he probably blames Tommy for a lot of stuff that happened with D-Mac. He probably, you know, he probably wouldn't have killed the cop because he, if Tommy wasn't around. Uh, granted, he was still running the streets before Tommy came, so he can't fully blame him on that. But he also makes a great point. Like, Tommy just does not care about anybody else. He doesn't have any 
real love for them. And I think his brother realizes that because if you can see your mother is struggling and he says it, you see her struggling, you see her trying to do right, you see her trying to get better, you see her in crisis and your response is just to give her more of the stuff that hurts her. You don't care about anybody else. So why should they care about him? Um, and I think he's just fed up with him. And I would be too. If I was the same person, I would be fed up in it if I was in a similar situation. Uh, so we'll see how it goes long term. Uh, I don't think this is the last we'll see of JPAC, uh, JP, Kate, and DMAC as much as I wished it was. Um, but I think you're right. I think this is a good place to have a pause or reset. Uh, and maybe uh, what happens at the final scene will get Tommy to come back to family because he'll be feeling distraught. Uh, but we can take a break from them for a while and I wouldn't be hurt by it at all. Indeed. So in the midst of this, we get him trying to find Maria cause she's not at the hospital. Um, well he finds out she's not at the hospital. She didn't come in and he's calling her phone and he can't get in contact with her. Um, we also get a real quick scene, which was a really nice callback. Jannard gets his whip back. Yeah. <laughs> Body and Clyde, uh, pull a jack move and, and reclaim what was his. Um, dude was hey man, I was just doing my job. Yeah, and no shot. For real quick, stuff like this is scary though. Yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm saying like people in real life exist. They went from killing a man to laughing and joking like 30 seconds later. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, and it's like really people in this world that can will literally be talking to you normal will kill somebody and it's no big deal to them. Um, so I, I mean, why the scene has some comic elements to it. And that's all I can really think about. I was like, this is sick. They should not be this giddy after just murdering somebody, regardless of the, the man taking this Lamborghini or whatever it may be. It's wild. Yeah. I like I it's like I was saying on the last two episodes, like I, I had went back and listened to our our series finale of book one and the some of the other podcasts that I listened to are um I'm a little behind on them, so I ended up starting our our old recordings of uh book two and Kane is a so is a psychopath like just you know the bodies he catches so quick in that first season and he just goes on about life like it's nothing like yeah it's it's wild how many people are are like this not just on screen but like in real life um they don't you know they they have a disconnect when it comes to the value of life um so from there we get our final scene where CBI is celebrating and we get this we get this exchange between Diamond and Tommy that it's not unwarranted because there have been small seeds of a wedge being planted mainly by Gennard um, and and Miguel that like Tommy's been making a lot of moves on your behalf and he kind of moves without your without your consult mm -hmm. and it just, it was kind of, this this scene, this exchange was warranted, but executed a little weirdly. Um, because, like, they didn't do a lot to show. I feel like it would have been executed better if every now and then they would have shown Diamond speaking on it a little bit more to Tommy. Showing a little bit of friction. Like, this kind of came off as they've been kind of talking or treating diamond as if he's the sidekick and then after a few drinks he's he's trying to you know boss up like i'm actually i'm cbi you just an outsider that i let in and they both make great points about 
keeping each other in the loop, but also where they've each made mistakes and they've each had triumphs. Um, but it, it comes to a head when we find out that Tommy didn't kill Vic, which is supposed to be standard protocol with snitches. He's, he wants to keep him alive. He ironically, he did what Ghost did with Sax, where they went to kill him. And I was like, nah, we could use him as an inside guy. Mm-hmm. And that's what he wants to do. Um, and so I, that while this is going on, Vic is fine, is actually in real time finding out that he's been made. Um, and the two guys that are there to watch him, I guess, I guess they're, they're springing into action or they're about to. Yeah, this, this part was really confusing to me because I don't was. understand what was going on. I don't understand why they, if, I mean, clearly Tommy told him to take him there and wait. But why would they let him be on the phone? Did Tommy not tell him that he was a snitch? Uh, so, and then was he really talking to her? And what did, how would she know who he is? It was very confusing, that part of it. Um, especially when you, you think, okay, they're just going to kill him or something. But then there was also, at the same time, Tommy was talking about his plan of flipping him. Uh, so I found it very confusing. So I, I still not, I'm still not 100% sure what is going on with Vic. Same, same. Uh, we get a real quick scene where uh, Bonnie and Clyde are celebrating that uh, they have gone full shade room TMZ <laughs> and have leaked the pictures. And uh, why don't you why don't you uh, take us to the finish line with uh, Tommy's one last call to Maria? Right. Uh, honestly, I, I'm trying to. I was doing something and it got a little distracted when I was watching the scene. So Miguel I don't know exactly answers. what he was on. Huh? Miguel answers the phone. Yeah. Okay. Not a real, okay. Yeah. So he's. Call him Ray, call him Ray, call him Ray. I think he's finally letting her know. Hey, baby, we can go to Barcelona. Um, because he had finally finished at least his initial business offerings. Um, but you know, Maria apparently can't come to the phone right now. And her big brother has kidnapped her, I guess. Uh, he's upset of all the, I guess this is what made him super upset. Or maybe it's just an extra thing. Cause he already doesn't like Tommy for still in his business. Right. This had to be. This had to be the cherry on top. Right. Like, oh, it's over. And you've been fucking my sister? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, we get Tommy in anguish because we don't know what Miguel is doing with Maria, but he has her. Uh, he's clearly not going to let her go. Um, what that means long term, I don't know. We got to wait until next season. But that's how we end the season. We end with just Tommy vowing revenge and angry because the love of his life somehow is gone um taken by her evil brother uh what you think of it i thought it was a nice little cliffhanger um <clears throat> i mean it, it gave me something to be excited about uh but it's i'd have to care about her to be excited though well i mean not necessarily her being kidnapped but like we get we get um a little bit of unhinged tommy at the at the very because he's he's keeping it together because even though <clears throat> him not telling uh, Diamond about what he did with Vic. Um, it's it's also a sign of him, his his evolution of like I'm trying I'm trying to be more diplomatic about things. I'm trying to be more strategic and use pieces as opposed to killing every piece on the board and then figuring it out as I go. And I think that last bit is him him just like okay. I'm t- I'm try I'm tired of pretending. Um, it what's gonna make it interesting is gonna be 
Because Miguel's like, you know, hey, we're competitors, and I'll always play by the rules. You ain't never going to see my sister again. So mm-hmm. it's going to be my – that's going to be the interesting thing of Tommy trying to navigate um, a lot of moving pieces. And and I've, and we, we might as well use this as a, my, my, my remarks on this episode in the season. Um, <clears throat> the thing that worked with this episode is – it got a lot of pieces off the board or at least in places like the family where they're not they shouldn't be prioritized when we come back. Um, so I, I feel like it cleared a lot of open space mm-hmm. um, because we don't know if the Marquez cartel is going to be an issue or if they're just going to kind of take this L. There's no real big bad. So now it's kind of the big bad lives that is the neighborhood is the, is the rival high school down the street in Miguel where it's like, I gotta, I kind of got to coexist with this guy, but at the same time, I'm going to try to destroy him, but also not get killed by the principal, AKA the cart our, our cartel mm-hmm. and not fumble everything I've, I've built. So I think this season was Tommy doing a whole lot of playing chess chess where i think next season is going to be tommy trying to do a lot of plate spinning where he's trying to manage you know this drug operation his working relationship with diamond um finding maria Mm -hmm. uh he can let the plate of his family crash for now we don't have to put that plate on the spot on the spike just yet um and just being his usual self with who knows? God knows how many people having a grudge on him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and and assassins and, still and, have them. Exactly, and Dmac. Um, maybe not. I, we don't need Caton and uh, JP, but he this Dmac thing is going to be an issue because at some point he's going to find out that one Dmac is nowhere to be found, and two, um, it's going to get to him that Dmac has been offered up. So as the season as a whole, it wasn't bad. Could it have been better? Of course. <clears throat> but like we were saying at the beginning, there wasn't a lot of fanfare. There wasn't this this episode. The season wasn't the buzz. Um, there were there weren't any real buzzworthy moments. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was it wasn't a terrible season. But <clears throat> if it's going to be a year and some change, hopefully they take this time to to really retool some things and <clears throat> keep us focused on just a few focal points and not so many moving pieces. Um, if it were up to me, this and book two with Tariq would do a time skip um, <clears throat> with like maybe a little flashback here and there to, to fill in a couple of spots in between, but do a time skip um, and kind of pick up where things are kind of solidified and we're trying to like the foundations for whatever's going on have been semi-set and our our quote-unquote heroes on both shows are now trying to find their way to in Tommy's case maintain the foundation while trying to rescue his girl and in Tariq's case he's seeing the foundation that Noma and the Tejadas have set and him trying to dismantle that foundation for revenge um, but time will tell. How, how did you feel about the this episode and, and the season? 
And I think I, I, I told you in the beginning, it was kind of anti me. Um, I, had, I mean, it had some cool stuff, but I agree with you. I'm glad they have like cleared a lot of people who may not be as important to the, uh, who have been like kind of just like dead weight. Uh, and I'm hoping they can do a better job of just tightening it up and moving forward. Um, uh, I don't know what's going to long term. Uh, like I said, I think there's a lot going on. Uh, I don't know how Tommy's going to work through all this. But it's going to be interesting to see. I'm still committed. We're going to come back next year, do it again, season three. If they have a season three, we'll be here to recap it. And hopefully it will get a lot better. Indeed, indeed. So, folks, it's been a wild and fun ride as always. Um, We don't know when they'll be back. Uh, But until then, we got plenty of episodes under this podcast. Go back and relive some of the, you know, our humble beginnings. I will give you... Uh, a disclaimer, use headphones um, because back then my audio was super low and it was real hard to listen to in the car. But um, just kind of listen to us, you know, catch up with us and some of the, the wild theories that we had. Like me, <clears throat> if you haven't watched book one, I don't know why you're uh, listening to this podcast, but me coming up with uh, <clears throat> the theory that Tariq was the person who shot Ghost and then abandoning that theory right before the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun though, fun to hear, as well as just some other things and certain sentiments that um, I feel like have changed over time and um, some that, well, sadly, are still the same. Um, <clears throat> you got anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? Nah, man. I'll see y'all in the future. All right. So as always, if you want to hear this podcast and others, be sure to look it up under the Conversation with Carlos D or the PLP podcast. Um you can find my podcast, which will be returning hopefully soon under the Off the Clock Podcast, O-F-F-T-H-A, Clock Podcast. And um, <clears throat> as always, I'm one half your host, Triple D, and he is Carlos D. And we'll see you guys next time.